Amen. Thank you very much. If you would tonight, turn your Bible to Deuteronomy. I'd like to chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. And I'd like to just skip around in chapter 4 just a second. Just read a few verses. I'll begin with verse 1 and 2. And then jump over to verse 9 and 10. And then I'll go on over to verse 40. Uh, Deuteronomy 4 verse 1. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them, that you may live, and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. You shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Verse 9. Only take heed to thyself, and keep thy soul diligent, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, lest they depart from the heart, thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons, and thy sons' sons, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live, shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. Then going over to verse 35 with me. Unto thee it was shown that thou mightest know that the Lord he is God. There is none else beside him. Out of heaven he made thee to hear his voice, that he might instruct thee. And upon earth he showed thee his great fire, and thou heardest his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loveth thy fathers, therefore he chose their seed after them, and brought them out in his sight with his mighty power out of Egypt, to drive out nations from before thee greater and mightier than thou art, to bring thee in, to give thee their land for an inheritance, as it is this day. Know therefore this day, and consider it in thy heart, that the Lord, he is God in heaven above, and upon earth beneath, there is none else. Thou shalt keep therefore his statutes, and his commandments, which I command thee this day, that it may go well with thee, and with thy children after thee, and that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. Father, would you bless now the reading and studying of thy word to each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, as I was studying today, here's again Moses rehearsing in the ears of this new generation of Israelites what God had done for them and what he told them. In verse 1 and 2, 13, has to do with the sacredness of God's law. Then in verse 1 and 2, these speaks of the acceptable obedience. Three things about acceptable obedience to God. Number one, its basis. God's commands, statutes, and judgments. Any action originating in self-will, however correct, in moral form, is not obedience. It's God's command, which is to rule and the starting point. Now, recognition of God's authority is essential. One man distinguished religion from morality this way. Religion is doing all duties 
as if they were God's commandments. The objective rule is found in the inspired scriptures. The basics of acceptable obedience, in other words, the basis of God's commands, is thus said, thus saith the Lord, the Bible. What God says is law is to be obeyed and not questioned or argued with. It must be three things must be. First of all, it must be entire, not partial. We must have respect to all that God reveals. Secondly, the character of acceptable obedience is it's honest. Uh, we cannot alter or manipulate, add to nor take from God's statutes, His judgments. Uh, they are to be acceptable of Him. Uh, the character of acceptable obedience is uh, perseverance. It must keep them. we got to keep them at all costs. Then you have the reward of acceptable obedience, life, that you may live, verse 1. Not only just life, but life of blessings, verse 1. The last part of verse 1 for just a second, if you would, please. I, I was studying something a few years ago, and I preached on it before, but how to have li a long life in good days. And use one of those verses. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, under the statutes, under the judgment, which I teach you to, for to do them, that you may live and go in and out and possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you. Now, I want to live long, but I want to have good days. And the way that I find you do that is obey God's command by just keeping God's law. Now, remember something. By keeping God, just keeping God's law, there is no flesh justified in His sight. Romans 3.20 The blessed life is not through obedience, but in obedience. Now, the only way a sinner can obey God's statutes and commandments is by becoming one of His children by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Simply because the natural man understands not the things of God, including His statutes and His commandments then. Now, the sacredness of God's law. The law is the voice of God. As I was talking to that mother today of the boy who got saved Sunday, me and her rejoicing that he got saved. She said, I've been trying every way in the world to get him to change it, to get him to, to serve the Lord. And I realized something a long time ago. You can't get somebody to serve the Lord and obey the Lord until they become the children of God. You've got to get them saved first. Now, after they get saved, then you understand the sacredness of God's law. There's one thing I, I believe with all my soul. If God said it, you don't argue with it, you do it. If you want to have good life and long, good days. Uh, now, the sacredness of God's law is because the law is the voice of God. Uh, it's the manifestation of His thought. It's the mirror of his mind. People say to me all the time, if I only knew what God wanted from me and wanted me to do it, I'd do it. And all I say to them, get in the Word of God and read it because God will tell you. It's the ear that God reveals himself to man. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. God speaks to his own through, his script, through the Holy Scriptures in. Law 
in His fear is perfect. Over every work of His hands, God pronounces, very good. If you go back to the book of Genesis, you see God made things and everything He made. He put away, very good. It's good. And law, being the instrument with which God works, is holy, just, and good. Perfection cannot be improved upon. And this is what I tell people all the time. You don't need another version of the Bible. Uh, you can't improve on perfection. It's the Word of God. And so we can't tamper, tamper with God's statutes and commandments without self-injury then. If you try to change God's Word, then you're the one that's going to get injured, not God's Word. All the laws of God revealed in Scripture, if obeyed, always lead to life to the obedient, death to the transgressor. And all the scriptures bear witness of this fact all the way through the Bible. God's law asserts to authority over the whole man, over the intellect, because the law demands attention, investigation, comparison, discrimination. In other words, when you read the Word of God, you're to study it, you're to dissect it, you're to read it and know what it's saying. And then you know how to obey it. And then it, it, it's over also our affection. Because the laws of God demand respect and reverence. It demands esteem, choice, and love then. And man's, the law asserts over the authority of man over his moral faculties. Because the laws of God demand response and loyalty. If I read in the Word of God, thou shalt not do a certain thing, then that causes me to respond to it. God said it, I better do it. If God tells me in His Word that I ought to do something, I better do it. If I'm going to be a, a blessing. So it calls me to an action. <coughs> God's law is the pathway to true greatness. What man or what nation has ever reached a permanence of greatness uh, apart from going after obedience to God's law. I like to read behind famous people that uh, were Christians. And I'm talking about famous people in, in great authority. And every one of them that I have read behind and studied behind all believe that this book is their rule book. They obey this book first. And then their life turns out right. So the law is the pathway to true greatness. Loyalty to God's law brings us near to God. If we read and study God, obey God's law, and we understand God through thoughts and His purposes in. It's a narrow path, and if you find it, that's the reason that I tell people, study the Bible. Find out what God wants to you. A spirit of obedience like plants in the garden. Every righteous man bears seed after his kind. His deeds will be contagious then. If you get in the Word of God and you get blessed of God, you share it with somebody else, they get blessed. Now, the law of God is destined to have permanence in human life. <clears throat> it was significant that God wrote His laws upon tablets of stone. If you go back and study what kind of stone was there on Mount Sinai, you'll find it was a granite mountain. And God chose that the hardest stone there is to write His tablets of law upon. 
And the Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but not God's law. What is true once is true always in God's law. If God says something in the Old Testament, He's not going to change His mind in the New Testament. It stays the same. Verses 15 through 28 of chapter 4 of Deuteronomy, there's a curse of idolatry. Look at verse 15 with me now. And I gave Gilead unto Machar, and boy, I'm sorry, verse 15. Take ye therefore good heed to unto yourselves, for you saw no manner of so multitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire, lest you corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, the so multitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of beast, and so on. You know what God is saying here? He said, I didn't let you see me. I didn't let you look upon me because you would go away from here and you make idols of it and you'd be worshiping the idol instead of me. And so, uh, if, you, if the curse of idolatry. The worshippers becomes like the God he worships in. The worshiper beast becomes beastly. That's why idolatrous nations have little respect for human life. Material images degrade the Godhead because God is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit and cannot therefore be represented by any material object. <clears throat> now, I got a little set and it's a pretty little thing uh, of the manger scene. And it's supposed to be the animals around it, and Mary and Joseph and the baby and the and the manger, and and I think that's the neatest thing. I like to look at it sometime, and it carries my mind back to that scene. But I'm very careful, and I I, I tell people to be very careful that you're not worshiping and letting your devotion go to something like that. Don't bow down and kneel to that thing. Don't bow down and pray to that thing. You pray to the God in heaven. He's a spirit. And we worship Him in spirit and in truth. And our emotions and our affections go to Him and our joys go to Him because He's a spirit and we worship Him. Representation by material images. Uh, strips God of all that is noblest of His nature of all that is destructive desirable in the Godhead. It hides His perfection and His glory. Now, lastly, verses 6 through 10 of verse 4. Verse 6. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of all uh, the nations which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who has God so nigh unto them? As the Lord our God is in all things that we shall call Him for. Now, when you read those verses, you understand when God spoke to the nation of Israel, all of the heathens around them and the heathen nations around them had to look upon that nation and say, what nation is like that nation Israel? That God actually spoke to them and gave him his oracle. A nation possessing God's word is supremely favored then according to verse 8. And what nation is there so great that has statutes 
in judgment so righteous in all this law which I set before you this day. Then a nation enlightened by God's word is supremely wise. Verse 6, Keep therefore and do them. Well, for this is your wisdom. It is not in knowing, but it is in knowing and doing God's word's will and God's will that makes a nation a great people. Amen? What I, the reason I wanted to bring this to your attention tonight is I, I am praying so much about this election and stuff that's coming up. And I'm so concerned about the people that's getting in authority and being chosen in authority. And I don't want us to lose as a nation this thing of worshiping God like we ought to be. And I, I've never seen the devil attacking the worship of God like he is today. Amen? And we got a great God. And we need to obey His Word. Have no other God before me. And I don't want one. Amen? I want to worship our God. Thank you for being here. Let's pray, please. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for each one that's come. Bless their lives for being faithful to you and your Word. Bless us now and watch over us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much.